The Backdoor GA Podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steed Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job. So delighted now to be joined by former Turlock Moore Senior Hurling Manager Joe Hessian and current uh, Liam Meadows uh, Senior Hurling Manager Ryan O'Dwyer to look back on Galway's draw with Dublin over the weekend and also look ahead to this weekend's minor final between uh, Galway and Clare in Turles on Sunday at one o'clock, that game being shown uh, live on TG Carb. Galway Dublin, a draw in the end. Galway progressed to the Leinster final against Kilkenny. Joe, still finding it hard to wrap my head around this game. Yeah, I think we all are, Paul. Yeah, um, a game of two halves or even a game of 50 minutes and, and 20 minutes. But um, yeah, well, I suppose for supporters and, and, and that, it was probably hard to see that first half performance in Galway, you know, um, but, you know, you have to give credit to Dublin for the way they approached the game and, and the way their management, who would have known Galway inside out, set up, you know, um, you could see their plan was was to move us, move us around the pitch a little bit and, and maybe force our half-back line to turn and defend, um, something that probably hadn't been done in the championship to date, and they took us out on the flanks, you know, I think it was notable that they kept the ball away from Dottie Burke, um, which I think, you know, would have made a lot of sense if you're Michal, Noel and Franny, that you would see the dominance he has and the leadership he has on the ball. So, and it worked, you know, and then that culminated with Galway making some errors that you wouldn't associate with Galway or even at inter-county level, you know, A&N goal, probably caught in two minds, you know, to catch a ball, it ends up in the net and TJ gave a loose pass and that's two goals and that, that's six points. That's very, very hard inter-county level to come back from, but... You know, they did, you know, and, and despite missing a penalty and all that. But come back to the first half, you could imagine Henry, you know, you could see him on the line. He was frustrated. He was angry. Um, wouldn't be what he was expecting or, or, or wished for. But, you know, the, the beauty of it was that it happened in the first half. They had 35 minutes to rectify it. Regardless of whether they came back and won or drew, they needed a response. And I suppose he got that with the subs he introduced and a bit of energy. But certainly wouldn't be happy and... and it's a big stick to beat them with for the next two weeks going into the Leinster final. As a manager there, Joe, is that where you just have to kind of lose it at half-time when, when a performance like that? You, yeah, you do, Paul. There is there is that. You have to get stuff off your chest and let lads know, you know, some home truths. But at the same time, you also need to spot where the changes need to be made and where things need to be fixed, you know, and how to get key players into the game. and. You know, obviously, you, you you know as well that a team won't dominate you for a full seventy minutes. And I think Ryan, you 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 played at that level. You know, no team will stay on top for that length of period. So when you do get your purple patch, you've got to get your key players on the ball. And I think Galway fair used them. Joseph Cooney was on the ball. Dahi was on the ball. Jason Flynn came in. He contributed. Sean and Ann. You know, things started to happen. But I'd say Henry was probably you know probably had to give a team talk that he. Probably hadn't had to give these guys before, you know. And like Henry's coming from Kilkenny, where like I would imagine he was always self motivated. Like some of the Galway lads probably do need, you know, a little bit of a ribbon up or whatnot. And that's what I'm saying. The next two weeks in training, I would imagine Henry's beating these guys with a stick. Um, but whatever he said worked. And, and again, I go back to the subs, the energy he got from those was certainly a help as well. Yeah, 
Ryan was watching the game, and I think the first two minutes, Galway hit, took three or four shots. They went short, they went wide. There was no score on the board. Kind of nearly set the trend for that opening half. Yeah, it certainly did. And like who they were leaning heavily on uh, for the first half was uh, Joseph Cooney. Like he scored four points from play from midfield. Um, now he dropped one or two uh, wide as well. But like what they had, what scored half time, they only had 11, uh, 12 points scored and he scored four of them. Um, and then the, the, other, the other four were, were Evan Island freeze. So, you know, it, it shows that they, they were relying heavily on two lads, which at inter-county level, you need more. Um, and look, you, uh, Joe, I know you said there was a lot of uh, errors from a Galway point of view, but I think the intensity that Dublin were playing in the first half, I think a lot of them were forced errors. Uh, no, the, the pass across the goal and, and the, the mistake by Ian and Murphy, it looked like there's no real excuses for them. And they were just headless decisions. Um, but uh, throughout the field, um, even if a Galway lad was getting to the ball first, it was just a, a, a Dublin lad up their, their back and just getting on the ball, tipping it away, running into the space and, and getting it and moving it. Um, and the, the support play that Dublin had in the first half, like, Jesus, it was a, it was a joy to behold. I was, I, was, I was up high looking at it now and, Jesus, it was brilliant. And I was so excited. Um, at halftime, I did say, it'll be interesting to see can they keep this up for the second period. And like, unfortunately, yeah, I know uh, maybe I'm speaking to a Galway crowd here. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, they only scored, scored six points in the second half. You know, and, and even at that, two of them were very late. Uh, they only had four points scored. Um, oh, geez, up until the, the 69th minute, they only had four points scored in the second half. So, yeah, look, they, they put in a great performance. But if you're serious about being competitive at senior inter-county you have to score more than six points in a half of Harlan just on that Brian um, there was a stats page on Twitter I can't actually remember the name of it now but they they had kind of stats up of Galway Dublin and the opening half and it, there was a particular stat around the middle third where Dublin had eight players in the middle third Galway six Did it just... oh, the, the space was unbelievable and um, like you and I, I, I know I interrupted there, but like if you look, like I said, I was up high, I was looking down on it, and there was times when there was literally three Galway men in the Galway half and two Dublin men, and everyone else had retreated to the Dublin half, um, and that didn't just happen the last minute or two when when Galway were looking for a score. That was a constant factor throughout the game, um, and even at look, you could say at the other end as well. You're you're speaking about the middle of the field. And especially in the first half, between, we'll say, 10 yards each side of the 65s, right? There was, a, there was, except for the two goalkeepers, there was only about four players outside that at various times during the game. Um, so it showed that uh, both teams were, were bringing that battle to the 65 and whoever won that battle uh, came out on top. And in the, the first half, Dublin certainly won it. Um, but in the in the second half, I think that the biggest thing in the second half was no return from Dublin puckouts. Every puckout, and I, I don't know. Look, I think there's a few things at play here. I think were, were Dublin running out of steam, or were were Galway just more physical underneath the the ball? Because look, it's it's a very new Dublin setup. You know, there's only a few house 
household names there. So a lot of those lads are still growing, they're still bulking on um a few pounds. So to be interesting in a couple of years, will they will they fall away uh, as easy or get pushed off the ball going up for as easy as they did at the weekend? Um, I know Danny Sutcliffe got a few uh poke outs there in the second half, but apart from him, there were very few and far between. Joe, on that middle third area, because it's quite simply Dublin won that in the first half. But did that just quite simply come down from having more numbers in the middle third, creating the overlaps? And as you said, they were keeping the ball away from Dahi Burke. But you could tell at times they weren't really playing with an outlet inside. They were looking to move most of the ball through the hands and just pull the goal backs all around the place. Yeah, I, I think that was that was it. I think they they spotted maybe that if they could move our two wing backs um, out the field a small bit, you know, they probably had the legs on them. Um, I, it looked to me that's the way they wanted to go. They wanted to take them on down the flanks. They wanted to turn them and get them going back towards goal. And they also wanted to create a gap between Dahi and Garage, you know, and play the ball in the front and, and let Garage come out one-on-one -on -one and, and see where that got them. And yeah, it, it, it was so hard to, to pinpoint as Ryan said, they got the numbers on the ball, but they were able, like, when they did get the guys in the middle third, they used them. It wasn't a case of just getting the guys in there, being physical. They gave the guys ball, but the thing for Galway is that these guys were free, and I think part of that goes back to the game Galway played previously, like against Antrim, I was at that game to see them. Galway had two sweepers, you know, Dahi and Parik were, were sweeping for most of the game. I think they went from that game straight into the Dublin game, and the communication levels weren't good enough. And I think they, they were looking at each other to see who'd step out and who'd stay back. Dahi, obviously, at six, felt, well, I'd stay. And Parry doesn't like to push out to the middle of the field. So I think for long periods, they got caught. And I think communication let them down a small bit on that as well, that they allowed Dublin to drop into the middle third. And we probably didn't pick them. Now, as a half-back line, you don't want to be engaged and come up there. But that's where you talk to your half-forward line and get them get them to come back and that did start to happen because I know we've seen Conor Cooney back and wing back and cornerback at stages in the game but I think Dublin used the ball very smart in that area they gave it to the spare man that got into that area every time and they got but, the shots off or the delivery in I, I think it was the pace that they were doing yeah. that as well like any time the Dublin man got the ball in that space there was a, a Dublin man not just looking for the ball but they were running at pace it was nearly like it was drilled into him that when someone has a ball, you need to sprint 30 yards, make sure you run past them, and then whatever, give a pass or strike in. Yeah. But what they did a lot in the first half, like Hino Sullivan caused serious, serious problem in the first half, because it was massive amount of space. The ball was played in. He's very quick. He, he At times he started behind Gerald McInerney, he, but he got to the ball first. And most of the times... He turned, he got the ball, when he got the ball, he turned and he took him on and he got the goal from that. You know, it was, he was going for a pint and it was a bad strike, but he got the goal from that and could have got more, I thought, in the second half, ball went in a couple of times and I think uh, Garage McInerney, he, he, I'm probably wearing my Dublin hat here, but I, I think he fouled him a bit um, and could easily have got a free, but he, he ended up getting the ball and, and working it out, but uh Look, one of those decisions, if he got a free, it would certainly have put doubt in Garrod's head and would have been a point for, for Dublin the way Dahi Burke hits him. Or said, with Donald Burke, man. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think as well, I think that Garage likes Dahi being close to him. And I know from club that Dahi likes to sit as close as he can to protect the full back line. And I think the way Dublin set up in the first half pulled Dahi out. And that, that was their intention because yeah. they wanted to get one on ones with Garage. And it reached huge benefits because, you know, I had seen it against Antrim and, and Garage mopped it up all day and it wouldn't be won. But he also had Dahi in front of him. So he was able to drive his man and the ball out in front. But that wasn't there on Sunday because Dahi no. was. Dahi was Engaged elsewhere, you know, and it was it was massive kudos to the Dublin management. They and, they knew what it was about, you know. And you, you saw that he got his goal. How how often you see that he working the full forward line? Like um, I counted, I counted against Antrim, right? He went he made that run six times against Antrim. Now he did that because he was a sweeper, and he could go. Yeah. But six times he did it against Antrim. He didn't get any pass because they didn't need to pass to him. They were popping it over the bar, and the scores were on. But he he continued that the last day, and they needed that. They like they were coming unstuck. Before you know, up to that goal, they really were. And this is just a, a question now. And off the wall, who are you more comfortable? Would you have Garage McInerney full back and Dahi Bork centre back, or would you have Dahi Bork full back and Garage centre back? I've had this chat with Paul before, and yeah. for, for me, for me, it's Dahi. And yeah, I, I, I name my colours to Matt. The reason being is his ball, his ball to the forwards is second to none, his passing. The speed of which he does it and the accuracy is 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 much much probably sharper and more clinical than Garage. You know, even you, though you'd have Dahi centre back. Six, yeah, Dahi six all day long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I just I just think his 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 reading of the game, his dominance, Garage gives you that as well. But for me, the big thing is is his delivery of the ball to the forwards. His I think if you if you sat down and went through all the all the games right and looked at his. At the amount of times that he played the ball into the forwards, I would safely say ninety to ninety-five percent of it is going to a guy player's hand, you know. Yeah. And that's what killed us probably the last day a little bit is that he wasn't on the ball to be given those passes, you know. Yeah. And yeah, look, and look, most teams their best player is going to be the centre back. Um, but just wait, I suppose looking at it from a different point of view, you just feel so confident yeah. with him full back. Michal who built his, his All-Ireland winning team on probably Dahi at fullback. We don't concede goals, we'll outscore everyone else. Yeah. And that was, and that worked. It certainly worked, you know. Why go away from it? You know, there's, there's pros and cons, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Is. You know, Barrett has done, never done anything wrong at six. You know, never has. And even at three, he's been, he's been fine as well. And I just, I just think I'd say, Dahi's nearly a quarterback, you know, that can pick this pass, you know. Now, you know, if he's not on the ball, there's mirrors to be saying, well, you know. Yeah, and, and look, he's a very intelligent hurler, you know, and he, he, he plays it, it's going to sound bad now, but it's not, I mean, there's a comment. He plays it at a slower pace, or it appears to be at a slower yeah. pace, because he's just comfortable. Yeah. Similar to Donald Burke. Donald mm -hmm. Burke. You look at Donald Burke and you say, oh, geez, he's a slow striker. Yeah, geez, he has to get hooked or blocked. But he just, he, yeah. like Dermot Connolly playing football, just he controls the tempo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, you, I, I understand your argument. You usually mm -hmm. have your best hurler centre back, but just he's, he's so confident full yeah. back that it's yeah, the, safe, the safety he brings. And look at that. We really only know that as we go deeper into the championship, won't we? When, yeah. Yeah. When, when more questions are going yeah, to be asked. Yeah. When there's more questions going to be asked, you'll really get the truth to that, really, because, you know, he, 
like for 35 minutes against Dublin, he was, you know, he didn't get a lot of ball, you know, and that was down to the management. If if other managements do the same ploy, then Dahi's worth at centre backs. Centre back really isn't, you know, what we what I'm thinking it is, you know. Yeah. Well, do you know, like if you're preparing for if you're in Kilkenny and preparing for Galway next day, you're gonna look at the Dublin game and say, right, well, this is how Dublin got dealt with Dahi Bor. Mm. We'll we'll do something similar. Similar, yeah. Just on, it's it's obviously a very conflicting argument between Dolly and Garrett, but the ball Dolly came out with in the second half and some of the ball he got was just tremendous. And he obviously got man of the match. Was it, was it his best performance in a goal with Jersey for you, Joe? Certainly one of them. Um, now, in saying that, I thought probably Joseph Cooney might have felt a little bit aggrieved not to get man of the match as well, you know, but I, I think for... Probably leadership that he probably just shaded a small bit. That was the the verdict of the of the RT guys. But was it, it was one certainly one of his best games. Certainly was. He's had he's had an enormous amount of games. But Ryan like Ryan is right. He's he has been he had some outstanding games at fullback. You know in victories and defeats. You know but it, Sunday was right up there. I think it was a different type of game. It was a game where he needed to do something different, and that was shown in the goal. He took a chance and went forward. He spotted. There was no one on him. He had a bit of space. There was cover at the back. And that's what the good players do. They know when to go. They know when there's cover. You know, they know when not to go when there's no cover. But he he does that. It just, it's just an instinct. And it could come back to his football and football and playing as well. He's 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 just able to read a game. But for for that, for getting that goal and making that run and those balls he came out with, I suppose it certainly was a game that Goy needed him to be as good as he was, because I don't I think if he wasn't. Um, I think Dublin would have won that game. Ryan, earlier, there was obviously we had the debate there about GMAC and Dahi, who do you play at three and six? But another player up front that there's now probably a conundrum for Galway, Connor Whelan. He was nullified the last day, but I don't think people realise this. He was on Paddy Smith. Paddy Smith is yeah, one of the most underrated man makers. The week before that, he'd done a terrific job on TJ Reid. But, well, I, I certainly don't underrate Paddy yeah. Smith. I've seen him since minor. Um, I've seen him, I saw him when he came onto the Dublin panel first. He was actually doing his leaving cert. Um, so I certainly don't under underestimate him. Uh, he, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. And if he, if he was in um, Limerick or if he was Cork or, or, or Tip or Kenny or Galway, he, he probably would have had an all-star already. Um, he is that good, and Dublin are very, very lucky to have one along them, Paddy Smith in the full back line. Like two solid lads that, that keep it simple and don't let their egos get in the way, or they just do the simple things and do them right. Um, so yeah, look, Whelan didn't get that last day. Um, he didn't score from play. Um, I don't think. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. didn't You'd have to question the supply into him as well, Ryan, wouldn't you? You would, but even balls that went in there that he was fighting for, a 50-50 ball that he was fighting for, he came out second best. best, Um, And even at that one, Paddy Smith, he actually, Paddy Smith caught me off guard because he changed to a red helmet and usually I associate him with the black. So I I was off guard for a while. But um, look, Paddy Smith won that battle. Conor Whelan, if you don't play him full forward, like the, the question is, where do you play him? And are you unsettling the team trying to get him into the game? You know, if you put him out to the... Like, you're right, he's full forward now. But if you put him out to the wing, 
to get him into the game. Are you unsettling Connor Cooney? Are you unsettling Roland, Roland Lennon? You know, they might have had the best games the weekend, but if you go back to the last couple of games, I thought they played very well the last couple of games. So, yeah, obviously you want to get him into it. Do you just create more space in there? And is it a case of matchups again? Um, do, do, you might start him in the corner because a certain person is in the corner. Um, or, or tailor your game plan to to because he does have speed to burn, um. But he and, and look, Paddy Smith's not that's the, not the quickest, but he better him out to all the balls. Um, Paddy just started earlier, um. But yeah, look, it, it certainly is a good question, Paul. Um, what do you do to get the best out of Conor Whelan? Um, but I think the question has to be asked, right? Do you do you stick with him full forward? He, he mightn't be up against Paddy Smith the next day, or do you move him, but that could unsettle um, the team elsewhere. It's just because they're playing Kilkenny next, and Hugh yeah. Lawler is someone who's got the better of them too. So is this mm. now where you have to think of something else? Yeah, yeah. Um, do, do you start someone else in full forward? Like I said, do you play him on the wing? Do you, do you possibly start him in the corner? Um like, look, Kilkenny, and I know we probably associate Kilkenny still with, with Brian Cody, but Derek Ling is Brian Cody's disciple. Um, as regards playing a two-man full forward line or, or, or dropping a dropping Conor Whelan out to the half forward line or anything like that, that's not a Kilkenny thing. Like, Kilkenny traditionally and presently try to keep it simple. You know, they'll, they'll physically match up with you and they'll they'll play the game the way traditionally the way it's been played so you have to say is Conor Whelan going to play um, at 14 is he going to play at 12 at 10 I don't know um, but look Conor Whelan does have the motivation there if you if you Lawler has got the better like it's a mental game if you Lawler has got the better of him in the past now, if he's worth his salt, he should be. He should go out with that duty of, well, I'm going to show you how good I am. I don't care if you've bet me before, I'm going to beat you today. What do you do there, Joe? Yeah, sometimes Ryan know this better than, than anyone at that level, but sometimes a change can be can, can do a player of the world of good, but my concern is who goes in there. You know, um, Connor, like... He got two goals against Antrim. He created a good bit. He, he scored a couple of goals against Westmead. I know they're lesser opposition, but he's an eye for goal. And I think Galway needs Galway need at least one or two goals every day they go out. They'll hit 24, 25 points, but I think you need a goal with that. Um, so it's it, it, you want to get him into the game, but Ryan is right. Is right. Like, what's the benefit to the whole team um, yeah. in, in doing that? You know? Well, I, I'll tell you. I, I, I was surprised not to see uh, Brinkham Cannon then the last day. Now, I know he came on, and I thought he played very well when he came on. He won a few frees and ran at him, and you know, he always got the feeling he was going to hurt someone when he was there doing it. But, but he, I was surprised he didn't start. Will, will he start against Kilkenny? I'd certainly have him start against Kilkenny, because yeah. physically he, he will bring it, um, and he's well able to hurl as well. Jason Flynn, I think, yeah, he, he nearly has taken up the, the subs mantle now and he'll come in for 20 minutes. But you know, the pace that he brings to it, um, it certainly could challenge Kilkenny because Kilkenny are not the fastest team. Yeah, they're all brilliant, well at the hurl and they're all very physical, but not the fastest of teams. Hmm. 
Yeah, go back to Connor. Like I, I would, I would, I wouldn't have an issue with seeing him at eleven. Um, I know Evan has started there and whatnot, but I, I just think a change like that. And I go back to Brian Conkett. Like Brian Conkett hit one four for player, not one five for play against Kilkenny down in Northern Park. So they certainly need him on the pitch coming into the final. I know he was coming back from injury, so maybe that was the reason um, he didn't start the last year or whatnot. But I certainly think then you know the next two weeks are huge that he comes through and is able to start the Leicester final because he has that bit of aggression, bit of steel, but also a little bit of class when he's on, that he can he can score three or four points and rattle in a goal, you know. And that takes the pressure off Conor Whelan as well. And the, both of them play very well together. There's a, there's a knowledge there, you know, where they know each, where each other is and who's making the runs and stuff like that. And Ryan, you know, that that, that takes time to get right. And I, those guys have it, so... Having the two of them firing it's certainly key if we want to win a Leicester final and if Galway want to win the Leicester final. Yeah, and you're talking there about putting on a wheel and out centre forward. And yeah, it, it could work, but I like the Evan Island yeah. approach because if you're centre back marking him, he would wreck your head because yeah. he, he doesn't stay. Yeah. He doesn't stay there. And in fairness, Galway are playing to that way. They're not just launching the ball down yeah. and having the six sweep it up. Yeah. The six has to decide, right, well, I'm moving left and right and I'm leaving the, the yeah. centre empty. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's where Kevin Cooney got the joy as well. The last days that Evan was moving left or right and Kevin was able to fall into the pocket of the space created in the first half. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah, no, I agree. I think Evan, and Evan, the last 15 minutes of the first half, Evan was more influential in the game as well. He was getting on ball, you know, he, he's a good guy to show for a ball coming from the half-back line. So, yeah, you, you're messing with a lot if you do try to fit certain guys in. Yeah, and look, he he scored three out of the last four points from play for for Galway oh, the other day, and th those four points were probably in the last six minutes. Just on that, because a lot of the subs made a big impact in the game. Jason Flynn, Sean Lennon, like all these lads made a major impact for Galway and really turned that game. Can you make a lot of changes now, Ryan? Or does, like, say if Henry was to make five or six changes for Kilkenny and kind of rip up the script a bit and bring in some players, can that affect the team or can these changes be made or does, does that kind of affect a consistency and the style of how the team will play? Well, I look, I think it's very easy for us to say who should be starting, who shouldn't be starting. We don't see what's going on at training. It's only the management team see that. Um as regards your, your original question about bringing in lads, I'm going to borrow a phrase that Babs Keaton got in trouble for saying against Cork years ago, but it's a case of horses for courses. And you see, what am I playing against? Am I playing against a team that are really uh, fast? Well, then this is who I'm going to play. Or am I playing against Kilkenny, which are going to be very physical? Well, look, no disrespect to anyone. Look, they're much better than I ever was, but like Celine Collins... He wouldn't look out of place at an under fourteen county trial. Like he's he's very small. Now he's he's brilliant. He is absolutely brilliant, and he's going to be he better when he gets older and it fills out a bit. But like you, you put him out on Hugh Lawler, for example, or or um, uh, Parag Walsh. You know, it's 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 man against boys. Um, now look, I think when the game opens up and. Uh, a bit of space there. I think no one better to come in like for like Celine Collins and, and Don O'Shea even coming in because they can score from any angle. 
But I think when you're going out against Kilkenny, you need to match them physically. You need to match them with aggression. So I think like of Brian, Brian Cannon, um, TJ Brennan, they coming in last day. I know he wasn't named start, but he did start. Like the likes of them um, is what you need. What would you do now, Joe? Like, do you, do you make the changes? Because Henry obviously said that performance wasn't good enough in the first half. Yeah, yeah. I think Henry's wise enough and old enough. He's he's saying that he he's he's looking for a response in training this week, you know, and next week. You know, I, I don't think he'll he'll um, obviously some players won't be happy with how they performed, and they'll go back into training. They know that they won't need to be told and. Henry look for a response this week, especially. You know, they probably had a, a light enough session tonight, maybe, and they're probably going to go hard Thursday or Friday, maybe a game on training Sunday or whatever it is. But they were the two sessions, and next maybe next Tuesday, that he's looking for a response. And he'll know if guys have taken on board their poor performance and if, you know, and stuff like that. But I, I, don't, think, I don't think there'll be wholesale, wholesale changes. I think maybe two, you know, maybe Jack Grealish could come in instead of TJ, just... You know, that, that could happen. Sean and Ann at wing back, it worked. He's it's not his it's not his position where he's learned his trade, but you know, he's like for like with Fenton. I, I think I did feel for Fenton this moment. I think Fenton started an antrim and he went off with a with a, a blood injury or a head injury probably after 15 minutes. And that was his first game I think he started. So he came in with very little game time, you know. So and probably got stuck to the ground a small bit in that and double targeted that as well and went at him. Um Sean came in and said he thinks definitely an option again. Jason Flynn added a bit of energy, but we, Jason's been around the panel a long time and Ryan has said it. He seems to fall into the sub coming on role, you know, and there's an impact from if there is, you, you, that's probably the role you'll give him. I think Brian Cannon will start. I think, you know, that, that that's a given. I think he has to, and I think Jack Grealish will start. There'll be two changes. After that, I don't know there'll be many more, to be honest. Um, uh, I think they'll, they'll be two and, you know, everyone else, they'll, they'll fight it out in training for the next two weeks and, and they put their hands up or, or, or take their hands down, either either or. Do you, do, just, you're, you're saying Lazic could come on there and Lazic could play a part. Do you think Galway have the depth that they would have had four or five years ago? When they will say when they won dollar. Um, you, you, I, I just, I had a program here in front of me and... Look, I'm just looking at the names now, like TJ Brennan started. Owen Lawless, I think he's a cracking order. I saw him at NUIG. Like the depth, not that it weakens the team, but it's not a case of, like we say, the Dublin footballers, Kev McManaman, for years, he comes on and it's just, oh, Jesus, he's coming on now. We need to pick him up. You know, there's none of that. I think there's two things, right? I think the one of the things is the, the likes of Owen Lawless, they're young guys. And they're learning their trade and mm. they have massive potential, you know, and hopefully they'll develop as we want them to. But the other side of that is is the likes of Parik, Joseph, Dahi, they've moved on in years. They've like since the All Ireland, what, six years now? Like they've six hard years put under their belt. So you know yourself that the legs, the legs won't, you know, they, they're not forgiven, you know. And so you need an impact off the bench. But then your problem with the bench is that it's so inexperienced. That is, yeah. it's nearly a gamble for Henry and the management team, you know. And they've, they've, in fairness, they've gone with Declan McLaughlin, TJ, Kevin Cooney. They're all new into it this year, you know. Um, you know, Ronan Gannon's been there for for for, for this for his second year, um, you know. But it's just they're 
so the, the gap between the established players and the new players is so big, it's nearly too big to be introducing four or five new guys onto the pitch yeah. to try and change a game. You know, and that's you know, that may be a problem going forward as well as we go deeper into the championship if you pick up an injury or two. And we see that with Khan. Like we're lucky Tom Monaghan came in there, you know, but like Tom Monaghan is now in the team. So who's replacing him, you know, on the bench? And that's that's what Henry has to find. And like only they know what's going on in training. But like we you've seen club level in Galway and we we, we have some really quality hurlers, but to get them from 19, 20, 21, and you speak about Liam Collins and, and their development and the whole lot, it's not going to happen quick. And the problem is we need probably a stronger panel if we want to contest an Ireland final and win it. And that's yeah. going to take a little while. And I don't know if we have that this year, but, you know, we, we could be proven wrong. But I just think there's a gap between the established players and the guys that are pushing to come in. Yeah, and no, I think depths of panels are more important now than ever before yeah, because of the way the matches yeah. are and the, the round robin. Um, and as bad as it is in Leinster, it's worse in, in Munster because sure. uh, they batter each other in every game. Mm. Um, Just to bring it up there, um, Ryan, you say Munster there batter each other and I, I've said it to a few people, a few people asked me, oh, who's going to win the All Ireland this year? But is that where it's kind of set up nicely for going, Kilkenny? I, I certainly think it is an advantage for the, the teams that come out of Leinster because you, you look right. Take Limerick for example, right? Uh, Sean Finn is out for the year. Actually, sorry, we can take Tip uh, as an example because I just saw it there earlier on. Garrod O'Connor. Garrod O'Connor is. Um, uh, I think he broke his ankle. Um, who else? Uh, Brian O'Mara, I think, is carrying injury. Cahill Barrett is after getting concussed. Don't know if he'll be starting the next day. Um, didn't start last weekend, which I think will have had a big bearing on the game. Um, I've no doubt I'm leaving out one or two there. Jason um, Ford. Sorry, Jason Ford, yeah. Sorry, it should have been obvious. Um, so, like, I think panels are, are, are being tested more in Limerick after missing, uh, losing a few. Um, Ed McCarthy's just back for Clare. Um, and uh, the, the, the gap between games as well, you know, it's not as if, right, physio says you need a two-week break. You, you, you miss two games if you take a two-week break, you know. So it's just, look, there's, there's pro, look, this is a whole different debate now, but there, there's pros and cons with the championship. Um, is it good for the spectator? Yeah, it's probably not as good in your pocket because you have to pay to see it in RTE go if you don't go to the game. Um, but that's a whole different other debate. Yeah, uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it can be good for the 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 spectator. It can be good in one way for a player because if all else fails and you get knocked out early, well, you still have time to travel for the summer. Um, for management teams and players as well, if you get injured, you might, you might only be a two-week injury, but you could miss two games. That could be your season gone. Um, and then for management teams, geez, like it really tests depth. And you know, I think that's what I suppose in one way with the championship structure the way it is now, it, it's really shown the league for what it should be. I think the league should, be, yeah, it's nice to win it, but I think the league should be for uh, bleeding or blood and players, um, because. It, it's coming thick and fast. Um, and lads that have played for five years 
to even two or three years, you know what you're going to get off them already. Um, so yeah, sorry, I kind of tailored off there from from your original question, but uh, I I certainly think that coming through Leinster, mm. I don't think it, no, you can be unlucky, but I don't think it will test your panel as much as the Munster Championship, even though you play more games in Leinster. Yeah, it does. It does seem like there's an advantage there because, like, it's hard to believe in the Galway Kilkenny game if Galway were to win, they win one more game and they're in an All Ireland final, which just sounds crazy at the minute, Joe. Yeah, it does. It does. But it, like, if you're a management, you're kind of you're you're there's a bit of a smile to it because you're you're saying that you have a big test against in the Leinster final, both teams, you know, and the winner is into a semi final after a very competitive game, you would imagine. And then you're, you've, you've, as you said, you've won, you've another seventy minutes, while other teams are, you know, are bashing each other. You're sitting there waiting, and you know, getting guys back on the pitch, and not, not this extra game, which I think is detrimental to to some teams, and uh, you know, this quarter final is, is tripping teams up. But yeah, that's that's just the way the cards fall, and I, I think Galway and Kilkenny, they like, if you're the management of either, you're looking at that and you're saying. If we win this, you know, we have to win this because we don't want to take a chance. I think the way the draw is, is, is a Tipperary in the quarterfinal if, if you beat Carlo, yeah. this is the Leinster final. So, you know, that's not going to be easy. I know they have injuries, but Tipperary has played some fantastic hurling. You know, they really have. And I know they'd have blipped the weekend, but you'd expect Lee Cal, again, it's a reason to focus in again on, on, when they look at that performance. But, and then is it, is it you know, who do you get in? Is it, is it Limerick or, or Clare in, in the semi-final? Like, so, you know, that tip game could really take it out of you, you know, and then you have to play, you know, a Clare or Limerick who are going to test you physically as well. So I know it's an easier route, but that's just the way it is. And I think both managers will be will be honing in on that, you know, to players that this is the way we want to go with this. We have to get our, our performance and, and hopefully result in the Leinster final. Yeah, and just two things I want to add there. Like the prime example of the the Munster and Leinster Championship is Clare last year were brilliant. Should could possibly have bet Limerick, went to a replay and then came out in dollar and quarter final and were, were terrible. Um, or was the semi final, whichever one they they, they could any better than like they were, they were, yeah, they were very they went, they just about but Wexford in the water as well. Yeah, yeah, just got over the line. Um. And what was my, I can't remember what my second point was. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the Kilkenny uh, game they did, it, it just showed the effects of it. And just to finally touch on Goa Dublin, because like, we have talked about a lot of areas of improvements uh, for Goa ahead of the Leinster final, and they'll know that themselves. Joe, you touched on the point early on in the podcast of Henry zoning in now to the players that that wasn't good enough and they have to improve but I'm sure they will take something from the character they showed in the second half Yeah I, I think they will, they'll have to they'll have to lean a little bit on that you know um, and you know it's probably the only thing they can take you know and they didn't give up you know and I think from listening to interviews with Henry afterwards sometimes that maybe that was a worry he had as well that they were going to come out and just be rolled over again in the second half but they didn't they They've shown something, and again, it goes back to maybe two or three players deciding, well, we're not, we're not going to go down like this. You know, we're we're going to fight and, and see if we get back into it. And they had a little bit of belief. Now, again, Ryan goes back. Dublin just didn't score enough in the second half to keep them at bay. And Dublin, you know, whether they ran out of gas or Galway, just 
you know, spotted what was going on and, and fixed things at half time. But you'd have to give credit to to the substitutions that they made and that the energy they brought, as I, I go back to that, and the resilience of, of some of the leaders like Dahi, Joseph, Garage that stood up and, you know, drove it on. You know, and like this this team, as we go back, like you're missing David Burke, you're missing Johnny Cohn, you know, Cahill Mannion, like obviously David's injured and, and Johnny's retired and Cahill's hopefully be back on the pitch, you know, if not for the Insta final then after. But like they're huge, huge players not to have, you know, and as well as players, they're leaders, you know, and that's maybe that's what was missing in the first 35 minutes the last day. You know, we didn't have the leaders to to quench the, the fires that was that was happening out on the pitch. But um you have to give them kudos for the way they just they, they knuckled down. And I know Henry was probably disappointed from listening to him that they didn't win it in the end. He felt that the win was there. But um I think, you know, looking back at it, the players be, you know, we didn't get we haven't been beaten. We we haven't been beaten in I, like Am I wrong? Are the only team in the Ireland series that haven't been beaten? You know, um, you know, if that that could be the case, I think they have two draws. I don't think they've been beaten. So, you know, not that it'll count for much, but you know, they're unbeaten. You know, and that that's that's something that they will, you know, they should lean on and should, you know, should use. That's important too, Ryan, because you you don't want to zone in on all the negatives from this performance either. No, and like the the, the public. Looked was the same when Dublin were were doing well and, and won Leinster. Like it was always a case of uh, it wasn't Dublin played well; it was the opposition played poor. Um, and I, I think coming out of this weekend as well, yeah, Dublin were brilliant in the first half. I think Dublin played brilliant. I don't think it was God played bad. I don't think they were allowed to play well in the first half. Just the way Dublin played and the way they 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 came out and structured it. Um, but in fairness to Galway, in the second half they came out they. They upped their physical um, presence around the field. Uh, they won those those 50-50 battles. And they, they showed, I suppose, look, that the fire from Sheffield came out in them in the second half and that that, that will to win. Um, and I remember the second point of what I was going to say there, that, uh, look, this is, this is Sheffield's second year. He hasn't any silverware yet. So I think... Going regardless of going through the, the direct route of winning it and, and the game less or coming through the, the back door, I don't think he's interested in All-Ireland. I don't think he'll be interested in an All-Ireland until Leinster is finished and then the attention will turn. Like he, He's not looking at the destination, he's looking at the journey along the way. And the next step for him is the Leinster final. And I think regardless of what way the year goes, I think if he can win a Leinster final and show that, right, I brought back a a trophy to the West and across the Shannon, that will be seen as a success. Do you know, and I think he has to, to, not I won't say justify him being the manager and whatever goes along with it. But I, I think he he will have to show that yeah, do you know what we've won Leinster and it's we are we're going the right route. We're 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 making progress. Absolutely, it's, it's vital to show this progress. And are you supporting Galway now, Ryan? Since you're living, no, uh, no, no, <laughs> no, not yet. No, 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 no never. <laughs> um, no, I'm still supporting uh, Dublin in Leinster, and I suppose Tip in in Munster. And so, on the two of them are gone, so you can shout for Galway then. Mm, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I'll, yeah, so I'll show for Mellows. <laughs> So, uh, 
Galway's next game there, as we mentioned, uh, Kilkenny in the Leinster final uh, Sunday week. That game looks like it's it's 4 p.m. anyways, and looks like it's going to be Crow Park. Um, no official confirmation yet, but you'd imagine that's where it'll uh, take place. The Galway Miners, uh, an All Ireland final this weekend. Joe, I'm sure you're looking on here now with a bit of satisfaction looking at some of these lads because you, you've been involved with a lot of them through the academy. Yeah, Lucas, yeah, yeah. We, I've been following them fairly closely. And yeah, look, I've been involved with the Galway Academy for the last, I suppose, four or five years. And last year we would have had the under 16s, Nile Canavan is the manager there. And um, yeah, I've been looking up to be involved with them. Um, this group last year would have won both the, their competitions. We have two teams each year. So we won the A and the B, as they're called. So, um, and it's very interesting to see that guys from the B panel or the second team, as we prefer to call it, were. Are actually on the team, are on the, you know, the minor team this year, you know, so which which was great to see. So, you know, guys progressed and made such, you know, progression that they they they've made their way onto the minor team. But again, I think that comes down to Fergal and his management as well and the work they do with them, you know. And even last year, like we we would have had academy days, um, you know, we, we, Fergal and his management would have been at those days, you know, watching the guys playing. And this is a year out, you know, this is going back to this time last year and. and up to July and August, so they obviously, you know, they have their work done, and um, you know, but it is it is good to see, you know, look at you, you obviously have the household name of Aaron Aaron Island, but there's some quality players there as well, you know, um, Sean at, at fullback, really good hurler, Sean Murphy, um, he's captain of the team, you know, but all over the field, like Dunica, and like a lot of these guys probably come into the team at the start of the year, and um, the Leinster Championship, and this is the beauty of the Leinster Championship for Galway now, is that there was probably a lot of injuries in this panel at the start. So these guys came in, you know, Fergal trusted them to play and they've, they've kept their places and rightly so because they've been very, very impressive, you know, and guys like Jason Rabbit up, you know, in the forwards who's hitting average on one, two, one, three again, you know, and he had a bad injury earlier on the year. He, he just about made it back to the press or Ireland's fine, you know, but these guys, have, from what I've seen of them and, you know, from seeing them last year, they've made huge progression, you know, but, you know, you'd expect that at that age as well, but no doubt Clare have as well, because I know we, we would have played Clare last year in the under-16 final, um, and they had the upper hand of us for 40, 45 minutes of that game. They really had, um, and we, we came out on top, well on top in the end, but for 40, 45 minutes, they were leading the game, you know, so um, these guys will 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 tear into Galway, I've no doubt, you know, I've, I can see it coming, you know, that they'll... They'll try and keep Aaron as quiet as they can, perhaps play a sweeper and, and, and go at them. But, you know, if God keep doing what they've been doing, you know, and, and stay being patient, you know, they've the quality all over the field. The Aaron Island question, Joe, I just have to ask you from working with him because you just have to be so excited about him. But how good can he be? Um, yeah, he's, I suppose you look at him, he's, he's, he's a good lad. He's, he's very grounded. Quite lad, no airs of grace about him. A real, he's a real worker. You know, he works hard at his game, and his skill set is huge. Um, you know, he's he's very athletic as well. You know, he's great pace. He's 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 a tall guy. Um, he's massive potential. But look at it at seventeen. It's very hard to go. You know, putting this. You know, putting a, a name on what he could be or what he what he might be. I, I think he should. You know, enjoy next Sunday and, and see where it goes from there. I think um, he has huge potential. But a lot of these guys have. There's a lot of these guys that you will see 
play obviously under 20 for Galway, but step into senior panels as well in time, you know. And but he's, you know, it's it, for anyone that's gone to see him and watch him in flow, he's he's a joy to watch, you know. And I'm just hoping that, yeah, we see that as well on Sunday, um, and that he, you know, he has a game that he can be happy with and that Galway can can be happy with, and that that's all you can ask of a 17 year old is that they, you know, they perform to the best of their ability, and hopefully he will, and that Galway will follow suit, you know. Right, I don't know have you seen much of the Galway Miners this year, but they they've looked really impressive. Like most games, it hasn't really been too close. They have looked a step really above um their opposition. Now, now there was questions asked them against Cork, but they they did answer them. They've just looked really impressive throughout the championship. Yeah, they they have throughout the team. Like they've a good man who's lad wing back at O'Reilly. Um, who I who I actually. I have to say, I, I love uh, Rabbit, a full forward. He's just... Does you remind you of Joe? Oh, that is carbon copy. Um, Even the run of him, you know, the big blocky run, uh, shoulders that you have to get a bus to get her around. Um, Like, he's just... Uh, yeah, he's just... But he's what... Like, everyone will just feed off of him. Um, But, like, uh, I suppose... To, Thinking that we'd be we'd be chatting about this, and I, I really looked at the the Clare because I saw the Clare game the last day, um, and I look I was very impressed. by I did a bit of research, and the link to the '95 Clare team is phenomenal, right? You have uh, Michael Halloran's son playing, you've James O'Connor's son playing, you've Fergal Hegarty's son playing, you've Ken Ralph's son playing. So there's four. I think there's another one as well that I can't think of, but there's four straight away from the '95 team. Um, and like even you look at some of the players they have, like there's there's a few questions this weekend, right? Owen Gunning, their captain, he, he's cornerback, but who's he going to mark? There's talk um, in Clare that he's going to go mark Nyland, um, and if he does, like he'll follow him anywhere, um, depending on where he plays. If he plays in the half forward line, he's going to follow him there. Um, if he doesn't follow him, who does he hand him off to? It could be Matthew Halloran. Um, Michael Halloran's son um, and then you look at the, the centre-back that Claire have uh, James Hegarty uh, like he's not your he's not your typical centre-back uh, he could easily bust up the pitch and score three, four points and it's rare a centre-back will do that especially at minor um, it's rare a centre-back will do that uh, that they can bust up the pitch a bit of a Karen Carey kind of approach to it Um well, like there, there's a few key players that Claire have, like Mike Shady in goal. He, without a doubt, in four years' time, even though goalkeepers generally make that step a, a little bit later in your outfield players, but in four years' time, when he comes out of under 20, he's going to be the senior goalie for Claire. He, he's just, he can do everything. Um, he's like a cat in the goal and has that presence. He's always talking to his players, the players in front of him. Um, but the key players, like the, the full back line, on Gunning, Ronan Keane, and on Carey. Uh, they're rock solid. Um, and to get a score off of them, or to break down and score a goal with the four of them, including the goalie, you're going you're really, really gonna have to work hard. Um and you know what, like I look, if you put a gun to my head, I, I think I think I will shade at the weekend. But which team will have will contribute more players to the senior level in three, four years' time? I think Clare team is. And I think the the future success of Clare, which I hope they don't get success because a tip man cannot show for Clare. Um, especially one that grew up during the, the 90s. Um, but 
I think they're going to be the, the this present minor team is going to be the the backbone of the the success for the Clare team senior team in the future. Even you look at James's son, um, he they're, they're, they they give I think I think it's him now or it could be Mark O'Brien, but for like Mark O'Brien's their, their top scorer, and I think his nickname is TC, uh, because he he does everything like Tony Kelly, um, or sorry TK because they, they he does everything like Tony Kelly. Um, and like when you look at it, uh, he right, Mark O'Brien is the top scorer, but he 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 won a hearty there last year, uh, with Arsenal Reach. Um, so he's they they have a lot of danger men in the team that I think will certainly cause Galway trouble. Um, but I I do think like like I said, I do think Galway will shade it this weekend, but I wouldn't be surprised if Clare do. But I think five years time, six years time, ten years time. I certainly think this Clare team are going to contribute more to uh, the senior setup. Yeah, no, I, I, I Clare have a big chance in this. They really do. I think all are going to have to get their best. Really are. Um, this Clare team is good. Like I would have seen them twice last year under sixteen level, and the improvement they made from the first day to the second day, and if they make those improvements again, you know, and that's the thing about them. They, they know about Aaron. They know about the Galway lads, and and they're. Like nothing better than a defeat to to make you learn even more, you know. So you know, but you know, you'd hope Fergal and the management, and I know they have, they'd have covered all bases. But this will go down to the wire. I think. I think it will be, you know, tit for tat. And Ryan is right. Like Clare have some exciting hurlers in that team. They really do, you know. Yeah. And, and and they can play in a lot of positions, and they can play to a lot of different styles. And the one thing that they're they're physical. But they can hurl with it, you know. They're they're hard men. They're for young guys, you know. They but they can play ball as well, you know. And Galway will have to be have to be at the rest of it. Yeah, and you, and you look at the the the, the manager uh, Brian O'Connell. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's living in more and more, so he he's he's sitting right in the middle of uh, Galway hurling heartland. Um, and then he, on his management team, you have. Uh, Donald Maloney, he was, was it the 20s he was with, or the minors from 16 to 20? He was with the seniors, yeah. And I think, sorry, before that, he was yeah. with the 20s. Like, so he's going to bring a lot of experience to that as well. Um, and when you look, like, if you, if you, if you like to study form, like Cork and uh, Clare, they played, and I think the score was 17 points to 12 in, in the round robin or the group stages and then and then Claire won in the, the Munster final and so if there's a barometer there um, Galway they, they, they bet Cork well but at the same time Cork were after coming off a defeat in the Munster final so where they just at a low after that it's very hard to pick the pick themselves up again so it, it's I think that the, the two games uh, in Torlis this weekend, the the minor and the twenty game, I think they're going to be two crackers. That's another factor as well, Ryan. Like by the time the second half starts in the minor, you could have twenty twenty five thousand in for the mm. for the other twenty game because after you're going to travel in you oh, they, as, they, as will, will bring a big crowd. Yeah, as will Car. Car support their underage quite well as well. So you could have twenty thousand in there by the time those guys come out come out of the tunnel, you know, for the second half, and that for a seventeen year old can be daunting enough too. And that's probably where management's, you know, and I think obviously Fergus played at a high level, Joe Canning is there, James Scahill, Mark Kearns, you know, so, and obviously again on the clear side as well, you know, Donald, they have huge knowledge, but those could be the small margins, you know, the, the dealing with that, 
you know, not letting it affect you for five or ten minutes in the restart could be could be could be the reason you win or lose it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And and these events, and I will call it an event, but these events have such an effect on a, a 17 year old. Like I've seen adults yeah. panting before they go out onto the pitch. Imagine what it does to 17 year olds. And, and that taking that year off the minor as well, like it was 18 year olds. I know you might think, oh, sure, they're, they're the same age, whatever. That year adds a lot to the young lad. Like, so this, this young lad might be in transition year or might have just done his, his junior cert, you know. So all of a sudden you're used to playing in front of 100 people at a minor game. And all of a sudden, a minor club game, and then all of a sudden you go out, and like you said, there's 20,000 people there. 20,000 people can make noise, and especially awfully people always make noise. So, you know, so it, 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 it can be a daunting place. So I think, I think what's very important is the managing team to say, look, it's just another game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And be ready for it when it, when it does happen. And Joe... Just finally, is it is it always ruthless nature that's impressed you most throughout the minor campaign so far? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I think it is. I think that now they've been teaked off at the back as well. You know, um, as I said, I mentioned Sean Murphy. Like Sean's very good full back. You know, he's quick. He, he's aggressive. You know, Garage King has settled in quite well. Thomas Blake. You know, um, I suppose Dylan Quirk's a strong man and wing back as well. You know, and and, and obviously Donnacad centre back. You know, took a bad knock against uh, Kilkenny but was back in for the Cork game you know and survived that and came through that but midfield as well Kenham um, Killeen in midfield is a serious hurler you know really quality hurler but yeah up front I think Colin Burke has done a, done a good bit of hurling a good bit of damage um, Conor Gilligan you know obviously we, we mentioned Jason Rabbit and, and Aaron so but they'll need all of those guys motor you know um, and then they need an impact off the bench as well you know um you know, and, and that, that'll be key as well is, is who gets maybe the biggest impact off the bench, you know, if you're bringing on three or four subs who can contribute, but Galway do have quality there as well, so, you know, but again, you know, you're, you're a Galway man, you're, you're hoping upon hope they'll win it, you'd be confident they can get a, get the result, but it won't be easy by any means. Yeah, no, that's that's an exciting game to look forward to, uh, one o'clock uh, in Thursday and Sunday. And then you have the under-20 game between Cork and Offaly. That's all on our uh, podcast uh, for today. Thanks a million to Joe and Ryan for coming on. The Backdoor GA podcast for 2023 is now brought to you by Steve Motor Group. For your personalised vehicle shopping experience, visit stevemotorgroup.ie. We are now delighted to announce our second sponsor of the podcast. Harper Finley are a professional service recruitment company operating nationwide and are dedicated to helping people find their dream job.